Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the first team. I am Joe DeLeon. Joining me as always, Ryan Roberts. Today we are going to be doing another scouting report episode. And now that the college football regular season is done and the bowl season is kicking off, we're going to start talking about the top prospects in the class. Eventually we're going to release some of our positional rankings. That is going to be coming up probably in about a month or so is when we'll start doing that. But we want to continue to do these scouting reports For the top guys, talking about the players that are likely going to declare or once they have declared. And of course, we're going to start off with two very talented receivers in a class that has a lot of receiver talent, that being Marvin Harrison Jr. and that being Keon Coleman from Florida State. Ryan, let's start off with Marvin Harrison Jr. because I think we already all really know who this guy is. Never heard of him. The level of talent. Yeah, right. (laughs) He's one of the few guys that uh, the, the general NFL fan is they're starting to get acclimated to the draft and they're starting to look stuff up. They all know who Marvin Harrison Jr. is. Sure. Six foot five, six foot four, two Oh five. Kick us off here. What do you got here on Marvin Harrison Jr.? I mean, it's a pretty basic back background, right? I mean, he was a four star recruits. He played at St. Joe's prep in Philadelphia. Of course, his father, Marvin Harrison of the same name was a, Star at the University of Syracuse or Syracuse University? Is it Syracuse University or is it? Uh, I think it's Syracuse University. I think it also is Syracuse University. So he was a star at Syracuse University, first round pick of the Indianapolis Colts, now an NFL Hall of Famer. His son is completely different when we're talking about just kind of the style, right? And we'll get into that obviously a little bit more, but he is listed at six foot four, two hundred five, like you said. Marvin Harrison Senior was like six foot. 185 route runner right. explosive like he was a much different football player than what his son is currently at Ohio State but obviously having a Hall of Fame father a lot of eyes are going to be looked to you right and so it should be no surprise that he was a four-star player he was a very talented football player at St. Joe's also played with what is now his former uh, quarterback in Kyle McCourt in high school as well. So I was actually looking up real quick, Joe, because the funny part about his recruiting background is he goes to Ohio State, which Brian Hartline recruits the wide receiver position as well as anyone in college football. But despite that, Marvin Harrison wasn't quite the wasn't quite the prospect that you would have anticipated him being, right? Like he was a here it is. So he was ranked as a five star by on three, but a little mm. little context here. On three did not become a thing until after Marvin Harrison Jr. was a recruit. So they went back and they graded players. And I think it's really backwards because it's really easy to grade something in retrospect, right? But aside from them, the number 82 overall player from ESPN, the number 86 player from Rivals, and number 159 player from 247 Sports. So like, yes, high level four star but he wasn't considered a five-star by any active recruiting platform during the time. He, was, he wasn't he was even the highest recruiting uh, recruited wide receiver in his class. That would be a Mecca Ibuka, obviously, to go into Ohio State. Mm. So uh, he has a very interesting background, but he wasn't quite the recruit that you would 
anticipate him being go to Ohio State. He was a very good recruit, but he wasn't quite an, a, considered an elite recruit coming out of St. Joe's. But obviously having a Hall of Fame father, he has the nuance and the feel for the position that has really resonated during his Buckeye career so far. Maybe that's to his benefit because I, I feel like Marvin Harrison Jr. was one of those guys that was always like a you know a chip in a graphic where he'd be like, oh, the sons of former NFL players, Marvin Harrison Jr. But there never was really... You know, that expectation that everyone really was like, oh, my God, this kid's going to be a crazy player at Ohio State. We just right. saw him start to get onto the field. And it's like, oh, look, you know, look at these plays that he's making behind Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and Jackson Smith and Jigba. And he does start to get onto the field. Wait, throw out what do you got before I continue? So I was just looking at 247 Sports that had him ranked, Joe, as the number 21 wide receiver in his recruiting class. And the That's 2021 crazy. wide receiver, even crazier. I mentioned Emeka Ibuka. That was a higher. He was actually Emeka was the highest rated wide receiver on that platform. Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't even the second rated wide receiver that went to Ohio State that year. Jaden Ballard was also rated higher than him. Was the number four. Who is that? I, I don't I, even I know. I, I don't even know who that is. I think he has tra- since transferred from Ohio State. But yeah, man. I mean, like guys like Jacory Brooks, Troy Franklin, uh, the the Hall kid that was at Alabama. I don't know how to pronounce his first name. Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU was ahead of him. JoJo Early, who was at Alabama that has since transferred. Xavier Worthy. Deion Colsey from Notre Dame. Lorenzo Styles oh from Notre oh my Dame. God. Malik Nabors oh my God. was a good one that was in front of him as well. But yeah, man, he was... Uh, oh, Shadrick Banks was in front of him. Who Shadrick Banks, funny enough, now plays weak side linebacker for TCU. And he was rated as a higher wide receiver than Marvin Harrison Jr. Fantastic. See, I don't think this is really good context, Ab, because I don't think a lot of people really know that this happened for Marvin Harrison Jr. Because there's a lot of expectation for him to just be have been this elite, highly lauded player his yep. whole time playing college football. But to break him down as a player, yes, as I said, six foot four, two oh five. He feels a little bigger than that. You know, he's got a very thick, wide frame. The length is tremendous. It's crazy to look back at how low he was graded and rated. Considering his strengths, this is an athletic freak. Like this is a guy who accelerates at an elite level. He changes direction at an elite level. His route running is fantastic. There's there's one play I believe it was against Michigan that I posted where he just very fluidly has a has a double move in his route. He wasn't covered, but because his because of his fluidity and his double move, nobody could react to him quick enough as he catches the ball and then redirects a third time to then pick up a ton of yards after the catch. This is a complete wide receiver. I think that one thing that does need to be talked about, his hands aren't like perfect, guaranteed, like elite hands. I think that there's going to be other receivers that have more sure hands. And even the guy that we're going to talk about, talk I think about has, one today, literally. Yes. Right, right. Who has better hands than him. They're consistent. He's yeah. a very consistent catcher of the football. I'm not going to really call upon him or not, not saying that I wouldn't call upon him, but I would not laud him for him being an elite jump ball contested catch type of guy. If anything, I think it's a tiny bit of a concern that he's not super high effort in those situations because there's a couple times on film where you do see some low effort plays, which is concerning. I think it's just simply out of frustration because of how bad his quarterback was and and how frustrating the offense was. Joe, but Marvin Harrison Jr. That Joe, I'm not I'm just, Joe, sorry, we, I'm we just, need we need to work on the adjectives, man. His quarterback was not. Bad. 
bad. Was it was it as good as it was the year before? No. But was it terrible? Come on, man. It wasn't bad. Right, it was medi- below average. Medi- Call it below medio- average. I saw a kid average. that was very yeah. that was clearly frustrated. He wasn't getting the football, That's and there fair. were a couple of games. There were a couple of games that he didn't have a lot of touches. Sure. And one wonders why that might have happened. Sure. I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Um. But overall, though, just talking about him as a player. Fantastic route runner, elite athlete, fantastic body control. This is somebody who steps right in, and I think immediately, immediately, and there's no doubt for me on this, is going to be a Jamar Chase type of production type player, depending on the team that he goes to. I would say that Marvin Harrison Jr. for me is one of the three to four guys in this class that has a legitimate argument to being the top overall player in the 2024 NFL draft. That's how I would kind of phrase him. You mentioned a lot of the reasons why, Joe, and I'll, I'll mention the two concerns I have about Marvin Harrison, and they're very minute concerns. They're not like deal breakers by any sort. He, at six foot four, with the incredibly long catch radius that he has, he can win outside of his frame. He can contort his body down the field and has incredible body control near the sideline. It's fantastic. He is also this is where he gets it from his father because his father is very his game is very different from his father, except for the fact. That both were very meticulous route runners and it had an extreme attention to detail. He is a great route runner for being six mm. foot four. He's not incredibly leggy. He gets in and out of breaks well. He creates instant separation with his understanding of blind spots and how to manipulate defenders. It's fantastic, right? So all those things, it's wonderful. I'm talking about a six foot four guy that has good speed, that has great body control, and has a great route running ability. That's a winner, and he catches the ball consistently. That's great. That's that's a thousand yard perennial thousand yard receiver. That is a Pro Bowl potential wide receiver nearly every single year if he is developed properly. It's great. He also has high effort as a blocker. I thought that he really did well in yeah, the run game. Yeah. I thought that he knows how to frame guys as well as a stock blocker. But I also think that he has high effort and physicality in that compart- department as well. So there's not m- much not to like. The two things that I would say I. And not uh, it's, again, it's not concerns. It's just it's where the negative column comes in on, right? One, he's not a great yards after catch receiver. I, I don't think that that's ever going to be necessarily a yeah. spot where I think he's great. Like, I think he is fine, you know, passable, but it's not great. Agmeko Buka, his teammate, is great in that department. That is not necessarily Marvin Harrison's game. The other part is that. He, I do think that he needs to add a little bit more strength to his core and, and to his profile because I have seen him get knocked off his 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 green line a little bit as a route runner off of his stem. I've seen him get kind of not pushed around in the air, but I've seen guys be able to outplay him for balls in the air at times because I think that the 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 play strength could be better. Now again, he, he's six foot four with vines. He has a frame where it says if you put on five plus pounds of muscle, you can handle it, right? And you're not going to get super tight and and hurt your flexibility or anything. That's just one spot that I would actually like to see him improve tremendously. I I don't, or not tremendously, a little bit. As a after catch player, I don't need him to improve there. It's just not going to be a spot that I ask him to necessarily do. But the power profile, the play strength, I can ask him to be better in that area. And I think that would tremendously improve his game. Ultimately, though, this kid's stellar. He's really good. I mean, there's just not many holes that you can knock in his game. He is a high floor football player that also has a high ceiling. And anytime you have those types of players, that's what we call blue chip players, right? That's the guys mm-hmm. at the top of the draft. No matter what draft class you're talking about, whether it's 2024, 2011, 2022, 
1999. It doesn't matter. These are the types of football players that will always go high in the draft because they bring that combination of high floor and high ceiling that everyone is going to love so much. And I'll go as far as to say this. He's going to be one of those few receivers that is worthy of going in the top five. And I, I was doing a show the other day and they asked me like, oh, is this the best receiver since like Calvin Johnson? And I, I don't know if like I think it's fair to compare the two. Probably since Chase. Calvin Johnson's just, Probably since Jamar Chase. Right, that, I mean, I was a big That was what guy. I, that was, yeah. right. That was what I said. I, I, I said Jamar Chase and they said, well, what about like someone like Julio or Calvin Johnson? I said, maybe Julio. Julio is not a bad one. Uh, but Calvin Johnson, you can't, you just can't compare because th- yeah, that guy was, was different. A, he was different. A, he was built and moved like a defensive end, and he was playing wide receiver. That, he, that he was, was unbelievable. Six he foot five, two hundred thirty five pounds, and he ran four three five in someone else's cleats. Joe, yeah, no one ever is going to replicate <laughs> that. I, I think ever on this planet. And yes. if you ever see a comp written out for him uh, for for Calvin Johnson, if you ever see that out there. Don't trust that individual no. who wrote that comp. No. Um, but to that point, though, he is somebody who I think that the right team is going to say, okay, we need a, just a huge boost in our offense. And yep. look, I've said this, and when we taped our mock draft, we didn't do trades, but like I kind of hinted at this. I really think that the Chicago Bears should look at the fact that Marvin Harrison Jr. is on the board, and instead of completely blowing everything up and starting from fresh and being in a – a rebuilding phase for a couple of years. You already have a quarterback who's shown positive signs in Justin Fields. If you can't find a trade partner for Justin Fields, I think that you should find a trade partner for that first overall pick. Because imagine if you leave that draft with Marvin Harrison Jr. and theoretically Joe Alt or Olufashanu or Talise Fuaga, you have going into the season for the next couple of years, a young talented offensive line with a lot of really good football players on it and then a really good receiving core with dj moore and marvin harrison jr the biggest qualifier i think for this is that it's not like the the circumstance typically with a receiver because let's be honest receivers take a, a year or two before they actually reach that true potential it's not one of those positions where guys immediately are 12,000 yard receivers, 12, 000, a thousand yard receivers, 12, 000. sorry, 1200 <laughs> yard receivers, a thousand, a thousand yard receivers. <laughs> that production, yep. that production is, is very hard to get to a lot of times with receivers. And we, our perception has been altered by players like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson immediately doing it in their first seasons. And I yep. think that Marvin Harrison Jr. is one of those rarities that can do that in his first season. So if you're a team like the Bears, that wants to turn their luck around quickly, you draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and you try to compete as early as as possible. I think Marvin Harrison would be my betting favorite to be the first non-quarterback drafted in the 2024 NFL draft. Here's a scenario though, Joe. Ready? So Mm -hmm. right now, which has kind of been the running trend all year, Chicago Bears have the Carolina Panthers' number one overall selection. They're sitting with one win on the season. So now right now, they have the number one overall pick. I believe the Arizona Cardinals, and I, well, I know the Arizona Cardinals have the second in the draft order because they only have two victories, to my, to if I remember correctly. Yeah. If the Arizona Cardinals somehow get the first overall pick, let's say maybe Carolina wins two games on the stretch for whatever reason. I don't know exactly how that would happen or why it would happen, but let's say that happens and the Arizona Cardinals have the first overall selection. It's a fascinating question of, because I don't think they move on from Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray is actually a pretty good piece to build on. 
would you take Marvin Harrison Jr. The, for, as a first overall selection? Because that has not happened since Keyshawn Johnson in the 1999 draft, I believe, was the year that, that happens, which is absolutely insane that it hasn't happened in over 20 years. Like, it's been a long time. So the question is posed, would you take him with the number one overall pick? Um, It was not 1999. It was close, right? 97? It wasn't 98. It wasn't 97. 96. It was 96. Oh, gee. Dang. But, okay. Off. Yeah. Here, here's the difference, though, between that draft class uh-huh. and this year's draft class. If Unless my eyes are mistaking me, there was not a single quarterback that was selected in the first round that year. So I That's think crazy. that uh, – look, look, if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, I'm having that conversation in my draft room. Right. Absolutely. Yep. But, but I think that it is a, a gross mismanagement of draft capital to mm-hmm. not – try and get somebody to trade up because you you are in a position where this year they're not i'm not going to say that they're generational quarterbacks sure but they're two of the best quarterback prospects that we've had come out in a very very long time any team that's not in the market for one of those quarterbacks has the opportunity to get multiple years worth of first round picks and later picks so you gotta you gotta entice somebody somebody to trade up before you make that decision that is crazy, though, that not you, a single quarterback was taken. Joe, in the first it's even round. worse than that. It's even worse than that. There was not a quarterback draft in the first round. The three quarterbacks, and I say quarterbacks because there was actually another player that threw a touchdown in an NFL career that played running back, Mike Archie. There were three quarterbacks who had a touchdown pass in that 1996 draft class Tony Banks, Danny Canal. Oh, my God. And Bobby Hoying. Those were the three quarterbacks that threw touchdowns in that class. That might be one of the worst quarterback classes because I I need to do deeper dive on this, but that might be the, one of the worst quarterback classes in NFL history. That's awful. Oh, here's a great stat. Keyshawn Johnson in his career was 0 for 5 passing with two interceptions in his career. So there you go. <laughs> elite, elite passing town. All right. Make sure you check out Bet Online for all of your sports betting needs. For anything that I do betting related, I go on over to betonline.ag and I use promo code BELIEVE50. BetOnline has all of the latest updated odds for the NFL and college football seasons. Anything you need, whether it's futures, live in-game betting, no matter what, your football betting needs are met at BetOnline. And again, make sure you use that promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Let's talk about Keon Coleman. I think we already yes. know who Marvin Harrison Jr. is. The Florida State wide receiver who transferred from Michigan State, six foot four, yeah. two fifteen. My guy is built like a freaking power forward. He is just a, a, a dominant human being and mm-hmm. a jump ball threat. We're gonna break this down in a second. Uh, any quick background here on Keon Coleman? So looking at his background, Joe, one, it's not shocking that you say he's a power forward because he was a great basketball player. He's actually from Louisiana originally, and he was a big time recruit from a football perspective. I was looking at the recruiting profile here, and he was a he was a near consensus four star. Okay, going to Michigan State, obviously. (laughs) I just want to read this one blur because this is just absolutely Crazy. So 247 Sports had him rated as a four-star. So did ESPN. Rivals 
didn't like him that much, Joe. He was rated as a three-star player, the number 59 wide receiver in the 2021 uh, class. Mistake. Wild, man. But Keon Coleman at six foot four, 217 pounds. He had legitimate power five interest as a basketball player. Like there were, I believe that Michigan State, I was actually entertaining the option of him playing basketball for the mm. Spartans. I believe that was on the table potentially because he was just absolutely absurd. I was looking for, yeah, here he goes. Junior year, 26 points per game, 23.1 points per game as a high school sophomore. Like this dude was a legit, legit dude. So obviously he goes to Michigan State, plays really well for two years. I mean, especially his last year, he was the leading receiver for the Spartans. And then obviously transfer portal comes to Florida State this year, was one of the biggest biggest transfer portal targets just in general from a national perspective. Kid's an absurd basketball player, absurd talent, and he has developed into one of the better wide receivers in in college football and is why I mean, is there a mock draft right now that doesn't have Keon Coleman going in the first round? Like that's what type of right. prospect he has become now. Yeah, and it's funny before he transferred, I don't think anybody talked about him as a prospect, but the second he transferred and everyone watched him, they're like Oh, this kid's kind of good. You this know who talks really about good. him, Joe? We talked about him on this show. Not you. We talked we about did, him on this show. We did show. talk about him. We, we did talk. I think that I I know some people will love to just scoff I, at us making this comment, but we yeah. were some of the first people in on him, and but we, you know, we no both one had wants him to believe we, that. We both had him as top five wide receivers in the 2024 class before the season yes. even started. Both of us had him in there. So Keon yeah. liked my tweet where I ranked oh, him as nice. the number two, so I'm, a, I'm big time. You guys all know that. Uh, yeah. Okay, in all seriousness, though, Physically, for a 215 pound, six foot four receiver, you kind of do expect him to not be, you know, super mobile, but fantastic linear acceleration. I don't think this is going to be a sub four four guy. That's not going to happen, but can he go sub four five? Yeah. I think that's certainly on the table. Or it's very four seven, like somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, I think he can. At the very least, he is a, a low four five kid. His ability to redirect, and I think his, um, you know, his burst, his change of direction skills, it's not elite, but it's very good for a player of his size, which makes him a strong route runner. It makes him uh, a threat after the catch to some extent. But, but as we've talked about here, what makes him so desirable and why, where there's not a lot of these guys, I think, in the NFL, why he's going to be desirable is he is a monster in the jump ball situations. His yeah. hands are fantastic. He is uh, you know, a pluck the ball out of the air type of a player. There's a ton of plays on film where he's just one-handing things and just grabbing it out of the air like he's grabbing a baseball out of the air. Yep. It is unbelievable at times watching these guys in the situations, in these situations. His production, it's weird. You would expect <laughs> his production to have been way better this year after that first game that he had against LSU. It tapered off. He missed a couple games because of injury. I'm a little wary because of the production, but I still see a very physically gifted receiver that should go in the top 20 picks mm. that is going to be a maybe not a plug-and-play receiver that's elite in his first season, but within his first contract could be a highly, highly impactful player uh, throughout the early parts of his career. So, Joe, I have a mock draft coming out soon, and it'll probably be out by the time people listen to this, but... I have him going number five overall in the 2024 NFL draft. Wow. I'm in on Keon, man. I'm just You so might be in. higher on him than I am. Bro, I'm in on him, man. I, Joe, this is where I am with him, right? One, I don't think Jordan Travis is a great passer. 
I, I don't think he ever was. I think Jordan Travis is a playmaker at the quarterback position, which is great and really good for a college football yeah. team. I really like Jordan Travis as a college football player, you know, but as a passer, he has his limitations, obviously, right? I mean, both him and Johnny Wilson are both sitting around like 600 something yards right now, where it's just like, those guys are better than that. Like, they're much better than that. But, and then obviously when he gets hurt, then you have Tate Rodemaker and Brock Glenn, and it's just, it's not a perfect situation from a quarterback perspective for a wide receiver right now. But the talent here is astronomical. I can make an argument that if hit, if Keon Coleman and Marvin Harrison Jr. hit their ceilings, that Keon Coleman might be a better football player at the end of the day. He might be down the line. It's possible. He has that type of profile to him because you mentioned one thing, 6'4", 215. He can jump out of the gym. He has got vice grips for hands, man. When his ball, when his hands touch a football, that's completion. The game is over. And he is an incredible player in contested catches. But I think that some people are going to get it wrong with him because they're going to say he's a contested catch guy. And I'm just like, no, he's not. No, he's not. That's just what he does really, really well. That kid is going to run fast. I think it's 4-4 mid somewhere in that ballpark, 4-4-5, 4-4-6. I think he's going to run really well. People love comps. I think this kid is kind of comparable to Julio Jones and not Julio Jones and not as fast as Julio. Cause I think Julio ran like four, three something on that necessarily anticipating that yeah. Young does that. But the things that made Julio special was Julio could out leverage any defensive back for a football. Cause he was massive. He could jump out of the gym and he had strong hands. And I think that Keon could do those types of things. And I also think Keon's very flexible, man. I, I don't think we've seen the best version of him as a route runner. I think it's good right now. But I still think it could get a lot better. I do, because I think there's an attention to detail thing. I think there's an attack blind spot things. I also think there's a little bit of route tempo that needs to improve with him at times. Like not everything has to be yeah. 100 miles an hour. He can kind of change tempos a little bit. And I really think that you can kind of lull some defensive backs to sleep and get a little bit more of easy separation at times. This kid could be special, man. I could not care less what the production is with him. 6'4", 2'15", 4'4", athlete, probably a 40-plus inch vert. This kid's special, man. He's a special talent, and if he goes in the right situation, I think he's going to be a superstar. He is the type of guy that, like the early 2000s, 2010s, was just highly coveted by the NFL. He was one of those guys that every team was looking for. By description, this is an X receiver. Like This is exactly what teams would always look for for their X receiver. Big frame, when you needed a first down, in a you know a third in in medium or long, you're looking his way, and he's coming back to the football, and you know that he's going to box his way out to make a play on the ball, no matter who he's up against. He can do that. I agree with what you're saying. His ceiling is tremendously high, and and just to add the qualifier for anyone who's going to be like, did he really just say that he's better than Marvin Harrison Jr.? No, that's not what we're saying. No. But we think that Marvin Harrison Jr. is closer to his ceiling right now, yes. and we know what Marvin Harrison Jr. is. But Keon Coleman, if he improves, could be right up there with him. And this could be a, one of those draft classes with receivers where in two years' time, we're talking about how Marvin Harrison Jr. and Keon Coleman are both elite receivers in the NFL. This receiver class is going to be unbelievable to talk about anyways because you know you threw out all those names that we're going to end up mentioning at some point with Malik Neighbors and Xavier Leggett and you know Emeka Abuka. There's going to be yeah. so many other guys that could go in the first round or early second. Yep that are going to be nice, solid pieces to receiver rooms. But for me, just right now, I see two guys that separate. I see yeah. two guys that far and away have so much potential to be in every single game, high-impact player, and Keon Coleman definitely fits that. I have, and I was just looking at my mock draft real quick, so I have five, six, 
Seven. I have seven wide receivers in the first round, Joe. Wait, name them. Seven. Name them. Um, okay, without the destinations involved, Marvin Harrison Jr. I have uh-huh. Keon Coleman. I have Malik okay. Neighbors. I okay. have Roma Dunze. I yes. have Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU, which I'm a big fan of, by the way. We'll have oh. to talk about him. Yeah, dude, he's 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 really, really good. Uh, I have Emeka Ibuka, which we've talked about a ton. I have A.D. Mitchell is my last one. A.D. Mitchell from Texas. Wow. So, yeah, man. It's a my, last teaser. Chicago Bears on my mock draft. Number one and number five picks. Gave him Caleb Williams and then Keon Coleman. That would be some fun, man. That would be fun. <laughs> with DJ Moore? With DJ fan. Moore? Like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That team can get so much better. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.